Meseches Shavias, Perek Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, until Perek Aleph, Mishnah Dalet. The focus of Meseches Shavias is the year of Shemitah, which is once every seven years, for an entire year, is the year of Shemitah. Now, there are two main categories of the prohibitions which apply during the Shemitah year. The first of those categories is that which cannot be done in a field, and with produce which grows during Shemitah. And that takes out the first nine Prochim of the Masechta. And then the last Perek discusses the other aspect of Shemitah, known as Shemitah's Kesofim, and that is the fact that all loans are cancelled. So if somebody owes somebody else money, if he does not pay it by the end of Shemitah, then the loan is cancelled and he no longer owes the person money. And when it comes to the prohibitions which apply in the field, the Torah mentions four types of work which are forbidden. Firstly, it says, Sizra. You cannot sow seeds in your field. That's number one, sowing seeds. Number two, You cannot cut vines in your vineyard. And this was often done in order to allow the other remaining vines to grow better. The third form of work which the Torah mentions is Lisiktzer, you cannot harvest, and this is referring to grains and other plants. And the fourth form of work which is mentioned explicitly is Ves Inuvenizrechalisivtzer, that you cannot harvest grapes. The truth is, elsewhere, the prohibition to plough is also mentioned. However, some hold that that's not referring to Shemitah. However, most do say that it is also Midoraisa, also prohibited from the Torah. So essentially, there are five forms of work which are forbidden to do in the field during the year of Shemitah, Midoraisa. The Torah explicitly forbids them. However, Midyabonon, any form of work which improves the land or it causes the produce to grow, that is also forbidden during the Shemitah year. Now the truth is, two out of five of these forms of work, namely koitzer, which is harvesting grain and other similar produce, and boitzer, which is harvesting grapes, those two things are not totally forbidden. And the reason for this is because the Torah explicitly says, that the land will rest for you in order to eat. So the Torah clearly says that you can eat produce which grows during the Shemitah year. Now if it's still attached to the tree, then obviously you can't eat it. So you do need to harvest it, you do need to cut it off the ground. So when the Torah says that you cannot harvest it, it really means that you cannot harvest it in the normal manner. But if you do it in an unusual manner, as we will see later on in the Masechta, then it would be permitted to cut it off the ground and to eat it. So working in the field is the first prohibition involved in fields during the Shemitah year. The second commandment with regards to fields is that all produce during the Shemitah year becomes hefka. It becomes totally ownerless for anybody to come into the field and take the produce which means that you have to leave it open. If you make a fence around your field and you don't let people in, then you're transgressing this commandment. The third commandment with regards to the field has to do with the produce itself. Once the produce has been detached from the ground, it has kadusha to it. This produce is considered holy. It grew in the Shemitah year. The entire land becomes holy during Shemitah. So the produce which grows during Shemitah has kadusha to it. So you cannot do anything with this produce. Specifically, the Masech will discuss it, but really there are five things which you can do with it. Eat it, drink it, if it's oil, you can anoint it on yourself, you can rub it on your body. Fourthly, and this also only applies to oil, you could use it to light a candle. And fifthly, you could use it as dye. But even within these five things, you can only do it if that's the normal thing to do with that produce. You've got to treat the produce with more respect. Now, one implication of the holiness of the Schmitter produce is learned also from the Pasuk which we quoted earlier, that the produce of Schmitter is l'ochla, it's to eat. And we learn from there two things. Number one, that you can't just destroy Schmitter produce. If, let's say, somebody eats an apple which grew during Schmitter, he can't just eat half the apple and then chuck the rest away. Because the entire apple has Kedushas Peros Shavias, it has the holiness of produce of Schmitter, and therefore you cannot just destroy or chuck away Schmitter produce. And secondly, you also can't do business with Schmitter produce. The Pasuk says, Lachem L'Ochla. 
it will be for you to eat it which implies that you can't start selling it you also can't buy Shemitah produce and again this is also related to the idea of the elevated and holy level of the Shemitah produce so in summary there are three basic prohibitions or three basic commandments to do the fields during a Shemitah year number one is working the fields and so there are five forms of work which are forbidden mid Arisa whereas the rest of the forms of work which improve the land or cause things to grow are only forbidden midrabonon. The second thing is that all the produce becomes hefka, it becomes ownerless for anybody to take. And the third thing is that the produce has holiness to it and therefore you can only do certain things with it and you would not be able to throw it away or to do business with it. Now the way it would work, at least during the times of the Beis HaMikdosh, is that one could work for six years, there would be six years of regular years, then the seventh year would be Shmita. So altogether that's a seven-year Shemitah cycle. Now there would be seven of these cycles, which makes up 49 years, and the 49th year would be the seventh year, so that would be a year of Shemitah. But then the following year, the 50th year, would be a year of Yevel, and during the year of Yevel one is also not allowed to work the land. And then after the 50th year, they would start the cycle again. But the first year of the next cycle would be year 51. However, that does not apply anymore. That was only during the times of the Beis HaMikdash, when the majority of Jews were in the land of Israel, and there were other conditions which had to be fulfilled. But nowadays, Yovel no longer applies, so we just have lots of cycles of seven years, lots of Shemitah cycles. And according to most halachic authorities, today Shemitah is only Midrabanon. Now one final word of introduction before we begin the Masechta, and that is that all of the three categories, or the three subcategories, of the aspects of Shemitah which apply to a field, because they have to do with the ground, they only apply to Eretz Yisrael, just like most mitzvahs to do with the land. However, the second category of the Shemitah commandments, namely that the loans are cancelled, because that has nothing to do with the land, that applies even outside of Eretz Yisrael. Now the focus of the first two parakim of the Masechta is what is known as Tosefes Shavias. Tosefes Shavias is the period directly before the Shemitah year, so during the sixth year of the Shemitah cycle, and within 30 days before Rosh Hashanah, before the beginning of the seventh year, it is Halacha Moshe Sinai, which means we have a tradition, going back to Moshe at Har Sinai, that one may not plough his land, he can't dig up land in order to prepare it to sow seeds there, within 30 days of the Rosh Hashanah beginning Shemitah. Now that is on a Midoraisa level, that's according to the Torah, according to the Halacha Moshe Sinai. However, Midrabonon, any ploughing which is done not for the sake of the sixth year, so meaning once the season of the sixth year has passed, so that anything you plough now is really just preparing for seeds during the Shemitah year, so that also would be forbidden. So the Mishnah asks, Up until when can one plough in a field of trees during the year preceding Shemitah? Any time that it is beneficial for the fruit of the sixth year, it's permitted to plough during the sixth year. Now why would ploughing be beneficial for the fruit of the sixth year? Ploughing is digging up the ground in order to plant new seeds. So how would it benefit the seeds which are already planted? The answer is that if you plough during the spring, just after the winter when it's rained a lot, so by ploughing you cause the rain to remain in the ground and benefit that which is planted there for longer which means that the ploughing can benefit the produce which is already planted there. However, if you plough, let's say, during the summer, already quite a while after the rainy season, so that doesn't benefit the um, seeds which are already planted there at all, and therefore that would be forbidden. But be it as it may, according to Shammai, it depends year on year. It's always some point during the spring, but it depends also on how much it rained that year, 
So we shall do not give a fixed date for the beginning of this Tesefes Shavuos. However, we still say Ad Hatzeres until Shavuos. That's when you can plow. But past Shavuos, that's when we consider it no longer to be beneficial for the previous year's produce. And the Mishnah notes that really a krovim de'reelu is k'de'reelu. The words of these people, meaning the words of Beis Shammai, are very close and similar to the words of Beis Hillel. It's just that Beis Hillel give a fixed date instead of allowing it to depend and change each year. Now we'll learn at the beginning of the next parak that if it's a field of grain, for example, where trees are not planted, then there's a slightly different time. Now if a field only contains a few trees, so one can't start plowing across that whole field on account of just a couple of trees. So the Mishnah asks, Ezos Theoilon, what is considered a field of trees, such that there are enough trees in one space so you can plow around the trees? So the answer is, If there are three trees which are planted in the area of a base Sa'ar, which is an area in which a Sa'ar of seeds can be planted, so that's 50 by 50 Amos, two and a half thousand square Amos, so if there are three, if there are three trees in that area, then that entire area can be plowed. Now, as well as this, these three trees cannot just be little trees which don't produce much. It's only in Ruyen Lasso's Kikar de Vela. If they are fitting to produce a sort of loaf or cake of dried figs which are pressed together, so we're talking about a fig tree, but the same amount would apply to any tree. If it can produce a loaf of pressed figs, Shalshishim Mone Bo Italki, which weighs 60 Italian Mone which is around 24 kilograms, or some say it's a bit more, but if each tree, that's how we're going to understand it, if each tree can produce this amount, then they're considered significant enough trees, such that three of them make up a field of trees, and you would be able to plough the entire base Sa'ar, that entire area of two and a half thousand square Amos, for the sake of those trees. However, if they produce less than this, or if there are less than three trees, then you can't start plowing an entire area because of them. That plowing is definitely not going to improve those trees. However, you're still allowed to plow immediately around those individual trees. You can only plow the area which the person who collects the fruit takes up, plus the saloi, his basket which he holds as well, outside of the tree, so the area which that collector with his basket takes up, which is two amas, so two amas around the tree, that's the amount which can be plowed up until Shavuos. However, the rest of the field we view as if there aren't trees planted there, rather we would view it similar to a field which is planted with grain, for example, which has a different cutoff point which we will see at the beginning of the next parak. It's earlier than Shavuos. Mishnah Gimel. Although the previous Mishnah used the example of a fig tree, really the same would apply Echadilan Sirok, whether it be a tree which does not grow fruit, rather it's there for the sake of its wood, perhaps to use as firewood, Echadilan Machal, or whether it be a tree which does grow fruit, let's say a different fruit to figs, we view them as if they were figs. And we think that if there were figs, if they would be fitting as fig trees to produce loaves of pressed figs, which weigh 60 Italian money, then then can plow the entire base on their behalf. But if it's less than that, if they produce less than that, or if they would produce less than that had they been fig trees, then you can only plow what is needed for those individual trees themselves, which, as we explained in the previous Mishnah, is the area taken up by the collector, which is around two Amos. 
Now, the reason why we view them as fig trees and we don't just look at them themselves, the tree itself, is because fig trees have the characteristic that the amount of fruit which they supply, which they produce each year, doesn't really change that much. Every year, it's pretty much the same amount. So what the Mishnah is saying is that if this tree has potential to produce that amount in a year, so even if this year it didn't produce that amount, we view it as if it were fig trees which would produce that amount every year, so you would be able to plough that entire base Sa'ar. The truth is, even if this fruit tree, let's say, never produces that amount, but if it was a fig tree which was the same size, it would produce enough, even then it's good enough, and you'd be able to plough the entire base Sa'ar. What happens if her if one of the trees was significant and large enough to produce a loaf of pressed figs, which was 60 Italian money, but the other two trees do not produce that amount each year. Or if two of the trees do produce that amount, but one doesn't. Says the Mishnah, since you haven't got three trees producing that amount in you cannot plow for them any amount of land except for that which is needed for those individual trees. So two amas around each tree. Even those trees which do produce 60 pressed figs, sorry, 60 Italian money worth of, of pressed figs. Unless there are between three and nine trees where at least three of them produce 60 Italian money of pressed figs. Meaning that in a field with less than 10 trees inside, you need at least three of them to produce 60 money of pressed figs in order to be considered a field of trees. However, if there were 10 trees there, or more than 10 trees, then whether they produce that amount or not, either way, you can plow the entire base on their behalf, because once there are 10 trees, then certainly it's considered a, tr- a field of trees, even if each tree does not produce so much in and of itself. Now, this last part of the Mishnah is focusing on the source for Tosefes Shavias. The source that is some time out of the Shemitah year itself, that part of the Shemitah prohibitions also apply. Now we explain that it's Halach Lameshem Sinai. That is not actually stated in the Torah, but it's still Midoraisa. It's still a Torah prohibition, just it was handed down from Moshe down to us, ultimately. However, we're now going to see that that is only the opinion of Rabbi Ishmael. However, according to Rabbi Akiva, although his name is not mentioned, there actually is a source in the Torah for the idea of Tosefes Shavias. Shenema, as the Pesach says, in plowing and in harvesting, you should rest. Now, the context in which this was said was when the Torah is talking about Shabbos. The Torah says, You should work for six days and you should rest on the seventh day, Shabbos. And then it says, You should rest from plowing and from harvesting. Now, on Shabbos, there are 39 different categories of work which are forbidden. So it wouldn't make sense for the Torah to single out two of the forms of work and not the rest of them. Which leads Rabbi Shmuel to say that this last part of the Pasuk, which talks about not plowing or harvesting, is not talking about Shabbos, rather it's talking about Shavias, Shemitah. However, there's a problem with that as well, because the Torah elsewhere, when actually talking about Shemitah, says that you cannot harvest. So the Torah wouldn't need to say it again here. Sorry, this is not Rabbi Shmuel, this is Rabbi Akiva. So the Mishnah says, in The Torah does not need to say that it's prohibited to plow and to harvest on Shemitah itself, because the Torah already told us that it's forbidden to harvest. So the harvesting here cannot be referring to Shemitah, so the plowing must be talking about the same thing, so neither can the plowing be referring to during Shemitah. 
Rather, what does it refer to? It refers to plowing on Erev Shavias, just before the Shemitah year. Plowing things for the sake of Shemitah, it literally means plowing which enters into the Shemitah year. So it refers to plowing for the sake of the Shemitah year. Okay, that's the plowing. What does the harvesting refer to? The Kotzer shall Harvesting produce of Shemitah, which has gone out into the next year after Shemitah. Meaning, there's a prohibition to harvest produce even the year after Shemitah if that produce was planted or worked on illegally during the Shemitah year. So therefore, says Rabbi Akiva, it's not halacha l'moshim misinai. We've actually got a source in the Torah itself for the idea of Tosefus Shavias both before Shemitah and also after Shemitah. In some ways, Shemitah is clearly extending to the year afterwards as well. However, Rabbi Shmuel says no. Rabbi Shmuel and Rabbi Shmuel says that really Tosefus Shavias is halacha l'moshim misinai. And these words of Bechorish of Akatsir Tishbos, that is referring to Shabbos. Now, we had a problem before. Why would the Torah single out these two forms of work if there are 39 forms of work which are forbidden on Shabbos? The answer is it teaches us something. And that is that the Torah is comparing plowing to harvesting. Now, there's a carbon bought on the second day of Pesach called the carbon Omer. It was an offering of barley. And at least according to Rabbi Shmuel, that barley had to be cut on the second day of Pesach as well for the sake of the Omer. Be it as it may, that is a mitzvah which involves harvesting. Now, with regards to plowing, there's never any mitzvah which involves plowing. So the fact that the Torah puts plowing and harvesting together in sort of the same prohibition teaches us that just like plowing refers to plowing not for the sake of a mitzvah, and the Torah is saying that that is forbidden, so too harvesting is only forbidden when it's not a mitzvah which teaches that in a case of a mitzvah, namely when it comes to harvesting the barley for the sake of the Omer, you would be able to do that on the second day of Pesach, even if it falls on Shabbos. Yotzok Tzir HaOmer, it excludes the harvesting of the Omer, which can be done on Shabbos, because harvesting is only forbidden on Shabbos if it's not a mitzvah harvesting. But the Omer, since it is a mitzvah, you would be able to do that on Shabbos.